Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. All right, everybody, welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, especially here at Facebook or YouTube, wherever you're watching the live stream from, if you actually are. Uh, I am Pastor Padron, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul Pablo Maduro and Pat Twente. Petit Pat. Petite Pat Wente. <laughs> Only Pat Wente is Pat Wente. Dave didn't confuse. We have Debris from the 724 Lounge. Yay. And we have Adam from Altidus for the first time on the show. This first is awesome. Time. It took two years. It took Here two years. Are. Your schedule is really full. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being with us. And we are uh, smoking the Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary oh. Toro tonight. Uh, Adam, what can you tell us about the cigar here? It's so, brown. Well, that, that's oh, very the, the, true. Uh, no, so it's um, Nicaraguan Puro. Don't burn us down. Uh, well, uh, that's, listen, I'm, whatever. Uh, hole in my pants, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Nicaraguan Puro. Uh, it's gonna, <laughs> listen, I gotta come out, come out hot. Um, you are. So it's uh, on fire. <laughs> blended, uh, blended by Rafael Nadal and AJ Fernandez. Mm. Uh, made at the uh, San Latano factory in Nicaragua. Um, comes in four sizes: uh, a demi, which is a Corona; the mm-hmm. Toro, which we're smoking tonight; uh, number two, and a Churchill. The uh, the wrapper tobacco on this is from AJ Fernandez's uh, estate collection. Mm. Um, so uh, every year he goes and. Uh, select some of the best tobaccos from every crop and kind of stores them away for okay. special a, a period of time for special projects. Yep. And uh, this one, I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, is a uh, six-year aged wrapper. Mm. So it's it's very like rough to the touch, very yeah. toothy, mm-hmm. um, and extraordinarily flavorful. So mm. this is um, far and away my favorite cigar uh, in any of our lines. Uh, it's something I smoke very often. Um, so you're, I think you're going to get, at least to my palate, has a lot of um, like uh, white pepper, cocoa, mm-hmm. espresso flavors. But to me, the thing that I find the most prominent is like a, a cinnamon flavor, especially mm-hmm. through the nose. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's yes. almost like when people ask me what it's like, I'm like, I think it smells and tastes a little bit like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like when you get like the, the cinnamon and the pine cone, you know, you know aromas from it, like yeah. it really hits my nose just right. So I, I really like it. Bree, I hope that's water in there and not vodka. You're Straight chocolate. vodka. <laughs> it's been a long day for everybody. <laughs> it's a day off. Very it's a day, day off. Day. She can do what you want in a day off. Glug, glug, glug. Oh my gosh. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Paul, what are you picking up on the cigar? Are you agreeing with uh, Adam here? I absolutely agree with Adam. I actually did get that cinnamon note mm-hmm. um, 
right off the bat. A lot of pepper, a lot of leather, and a lot of coffee notes too. I got a lot of coffee notes right up right off the bat. I thought the in the beginning, maybe the first oh, yeah. you know, ten or fifteen puffs was really the strongest part of uh, of this experience so far. I just started toning down a little bit, yeah, uh, picking up a little bit more earth, a little bit more of a, a hay note as well, um, and a little bit more of a creamy sweetness is starting to to uh, come on the scene. Mm. So, yeah, just a little bit in the background. But in again, the background. The, the, I'll call it PLC, pepper leather coffee, right up front. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very nice. Mm. Bree, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to have to say in order, um, the first thing I got, like the moment I lit up was the white pepper. Um, I got yeah. a lot of that spice. Pepper. After that got out of the way. Um, the part that I really liked was the cocoa notes that came through. Um, I, I can see myself smoking this like fall into winter. I think for me, it's oh, yeah. definitely more of a colder weather cigar. Mm. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so it's a nice medium body. Has a mm. nice, like, thick, chewy smoke to it. Chewy. Has a lot of... I'm getting more of a black pepper than a white pepper like everyone else is having. But it's, like, really prominent on the palate. Mm -hmm. And then you're getting, like, kind of a nice spicy oak wood in there. And then, like, this leather... That lingers on the finish, but it's kind of crusted by like espresso beans. But yeah, it's, yeah. so far it's really, and then the Blantons is just smoothing it out a little bit more for me. That those pepper notes, I think it's going to develop into more of a baking spice with the Blantons going into it. Mm -hmm. So, and so yeah. far so good. Dave, you come to me last. This is awesome. <laughs> um, no, I'm getting a lot of pepper. Um, that's a really? the biggest thing for me is is. I taste. I don't know if anybody else has like crushed pepper at home, where you twist the thing and it crushes. Yes, the pepper I do. Crush. That's what I'm getting from it. Um, fresh pepper. Fresh pepper, mm. and uh, definitely uh, like some kind of baking spice or nutmeg or something. I can pick that up. But yeah, I would. I would agree. This is definitely a holiday cigar for me. Full bodied, full flavored. Yeah, the, I mean the coffee notes on this are out of this world, and. Uh, then backgrounds of of some, you know, dark nuts and cocoa and a little bit of leather, like you said, some earth, but the pepper, mm -hmm. man, I I get the black pepper on my palate. I get the white pepper in the retro hail, yeah, you know, and um, that that slight cinnamon or you know baking spice, whatever we're gonna call it, I, you know, I I get that more in the retro hail than on the palate. Yes. I, get it, it's definitely, I get it. I get it. It's there. Feel, yeah. And, I have um, to say the draw is perfect. Perfect. Draw. Yeah, the draw the draw is amazing on this. It really yeah, is. Yeah, I think that's the the soft box press on it is yeah. really. Yeah, it's like a square press. Isn't it? My yeah. favorite. It it really. I've never let's put it this way. I've never had a bad experience with a soft press like this. So mm. It's definitely. I think it definitely helps. And in case you missed it, we are pairing this with a Blanton's bourbon. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Compliments of of Adam here. We're oh, very yes. glad for that. Yeah. Yeah. Salud, yeah. salud, salud, Sindanda. Can do that, and I think this is pairing totally spot on with the cigar. Oh yes, um, yeah, I think it's a perfect pair. Yeah, yeah. This is this is. Uh, we're not complaining. Not at <laughs> all. Mm -mm. All right. So now, Adam, how how did you get into the the cigar business? The... Is this something you always wanted to do since you were a kid? <laughs> no. Uh, it's, no? It's something that... What did you want to do when you were a kid? So I have a uh, master's degree in American history and archival science, and I used to work at research libraries. Um, and when I got out of grad school, uh, I was doing that for about a 
year and a half, two years, and mm-hmm. the economy kind of tanked, and a bunch of us right. lost our jobs. Right. So um, <laughs> I was working part time at a cigar store mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I'd become friendly with the owner, and he asked me to take it on and manage it for him, and that's how I I broke into the industry in the the short version. Okay. Um, the uh, the long version is um, my grandfather was for fifty five years a door to door milkman, like independent, worked for himself. Get up every morning at three a.m get dressed, put three Phillies Titans in his pocket and go to work Yeah, and come back around 10 or 11, no cigars, take his nap and go about his day. <laughs> and then uh, in 1970, when my dad was in Vietnam, gets a big care package from his parents, divided right down the middle. One side is pens, pencils, papers, you know, stuff from his mom. Yeah. The other side is six boxes of Phillies Titans. <laughs> so he, he's been a cigar guy ever since. So that's how I got into the industry. And, and yeah, yeah. you know, if he didn't do it, I wouldn't have started. And then I would have right. ended up hanging out at the shop and then working at the shop and running the shop. And my uh, my Altidus rep got promoted and uh, he asked me if I'd be interested. So it kind of, it's, so I've been rep, in it for a rep, while. The rep who had your shop got promoted yes. and asked you to fill his place. Essentially, yes. Yep. So that's really cool. Yeah. So you, now you've been with them for so how long has that been? You've so been, you've been the rep for as long as I can remember. On actually, just on the twelfth, uh, I was my seven year seven year anniversary hiring date. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's been. I mean, it's been really interesting. Yeah. It, it's yeah, well, really being a rep is hard. It's it's hard. It's hard work. <laughs> I mean, you're on the road all the time. You're. Well, what yeah. I like to say is I don't come home from work with dirt under my fingernails. That's so true. There are people that really work hard for a living mm-hmm. um yeah the job can be stressful and it's like yeah. a lot of time away from home and and my little guy and stuff like that you Your know little guy so, you have a kid seven year old just started second grade kill me now <laughs> oh, i still talk to my girls like they're in the second grade Listen, i can't you, i can't get out of it if he I says well hey, actually, little ray ray how you yeah. doing today <laughs> she's, looking at me, she's like 15 years old if dad he, will you stop that please i'm practically an adult if he says well actually dad one more time, and then yeah. goes explain to me why I'm wrong. <laughs> he might sleep on the porch. I don't know, but he's great. Um, How do you like being a dad? That's awesome. <laughs> it's the best thing I do. Say on a podcast. <laughs> Listen, yeah. it's the best thing I do. Yeah. Um, but it's. I mean, you know, it has its moments, just mm-hmm. like just like the rep job. It oh, has yeah. its stressful moments. Oh yeah, but, it does. You know, on on par. I'm saying it's uh, it's gonna be much much uh, more good than bad. Mm. You know, I I really do enjoy it and. He tolerates me, so it's great. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now, um, AJ Fernandez seems to be more and more involved with projects at mm-hmm. Altidus. Yes. Is he like taking over or something? So it's funny. So a lot of that comes from. So I get this question a lot. Um, a, a lot of it comes from his relationship with Rafael Nadal, who is the, okay, our yeah. head of product capability. Right. Uh, owner what of aging that, What does that mean? So quality control, blend, blending. Okay. Uh, he works closely with our Grupo de Maestros as well as our factory managers mm-hmm. uh, and our farming partners. So he kind of oversees like everything. I to mean, a certain extent, as like, far as product goes. As far as yes. product goes, yes. yeah, yeah. And and he also works on the marketing side and things like that okay. to, to help develop new products. And they're very, I mean, they're very close and they've been friends for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And um, when Raphael came on with us uh they started working on a lot of different projects mm-hmm. and uh the first three of them came out all at once the uh aj uh, h upman aj fernandez yep. the monty by monte cristo aj fernandez in the gaspar intensa mm-hmm. and they're three heritage brands mm-hmm. so they're they're not something we let anybody play with who wants to 
make a cigar, you, right, you know, right, right. and um, that year at the trade show um, at our meeting before the floor opened, uh, AJ actually came and sat in on our meeting and talked about what it meant to him to make heritage brands. Mm. And, you know, these are cigars that he remembers from when he was a kid, his father mm -hmm. and grandfather would smoke. So they're very important brands, you know, to his cigar making history, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, and it's a family thing for him, you know, like it's remembrances of, you know, days past and everything, I would say everything he has done for us, he's brought an excellent measure of quality and, you know, respect oh, for what the brands are. Yeah. You know, it's not just, here's an AJ Fernandez that has a, an H Upman or a Monte Cristo label on it. It's, they fit within what we do with those brands and he just works within those parameters yeah he's incredible he's really talented. killing it yeah it, really there's everything not been does one thing amazing every no from top to bottom in yeah. every brand he's done for us yeah that's fantastic um now hmm. correct me if i'm wrong but monte cristo for you generally has been a more of a dominican blend right and more on the mild to medium side of things yeah traditionally yes yeah so i'm i'm curious as to for the 85th anniversary of the brand which is what this is the yes. 1935 yep. represents the first year that monte cristo came out why make a really strong nicaraguan blend sure so it's it, at least to me and and the way we've we've talked about it you know internally it's the best tobaccos available to make the best expression of monte cristo mm -hmm. so you know we we have branched off in the past into stronger monte cristos yes um between our limited edition Grupo de Maestros releases mm -hmm. from years past, um, even the regular, uh, regularly available Monte by Monte Cristo, mm -hmm. you know, we have kind of strayed from that just straight down the line, sure, mild sure. to medium Connecticut shade wrapper uh, path. Um, but to me, this this was the the quality of the tobacco was what mm -hmm. made it Monte Cristo. Awesome. And and that especially with the you know estate tobacco wrappers, mm -hmm. like they really, I mean, this was a a multi-year process to make sure this would be what you're having right now mm. and that's something that we you know anytime especially monte cristo but with all of our brands but especially monte cristo they really go out of their way to make sure it is only the best quality everything in it. you know wrapper binder filler you know only certain rollers roll them you, you know so yeah, it's well, it's, the, a, the name, it's a the, the brand name thing. has to be it, it has to be the top stuff yeah absolutely and and what i actually find kind of not funny but entertained by is it's one of our younger brands mm -hmm. you know 1935 yeah. you know romeo and juliet 1875 it's not yeah. just a number it's the year you yeah. know age up in 1844 it's mm -hmm. the year not just a number so you know we have older brands but monte right. cristo has really come to the forefront to be what you know, a lot of consumers gauge cigars against, mm. you know, that name means something. And if you're going to mm -hmm. do it, it has to be this kind of quality, this kind of experience, you know? So it's, I think they went away from that because they identified this is where our best tobaccos are. You know, they okay. went away from that mild profile because they, I mean, what you've got right here. I'm not complaining. I mean, don't, no, don't get me wrong. A this is a fantastic thing. cigar. No, it's a different thing. It might, you know, your Monte Classic guy or your Monte White guy is probably going to be a little overwhelmed yeah. by this pretty yeah. pretty quickly if he's not careful yeah just but, take your uh, time with it it's wonderful but that, that's what i tell people just smoke slow and it won't hurt you yeah. that's right which is the opposite of how i smoke so it's mm. still, now still smoke them like i'm stealing them from my dad's humidor <laughs> <laughs> sorry dad you might be watching <laughs> now altidus of course you've already mentioned has a number of brands that really are kind of considered staples at mm -hmm. most cigar shops you know romeo julietta h upman monte cristo here um 
how does repping those brands make your job as a rep easier and harder? So it, it definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, on, on the whole, I would say it, oh, it helps. New guy, dropping ash on the table. Um, anyway, uh, it's you know, the, gone on fire. Yes, we're fine. Uh, brand recognition is very mm-hmm. helpful. Yes. You know, I mean, even if you ask somebody who's not a cigar smoker, mm-hmm. are Romeo and Juliet or Monte yeah. Cristo cigars? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, they are. Everybody mm-hmm. knows. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I think that it would be maybe a little bit of a bump in the road uh, for it would be there's also a perception because of that, because of that tradition and that history that it's, it's a little stuffy. It's a little, mm-hmm. that's my dad's cigar grandfather's cigar and and Monte Cristo you know in the in in the past that may have been true Mm -hmm. you know when everything was you know mild to medium Connecticut shade like sure Mm -hmm. that's maybe not what every smoker is looking for um but the portfolio especially since I've come on board has really diversified right um with a lot more Nicaraguan tobaccos a lot more fuller bodied uh blends and you know that's tends to be my preference you know like stronger fuller bodied Mm -hmm. I love Nicaraguan tobacco so you know, it's it's breaking that perception. You know, it's a lot of stuff has has changed. Yeah. In, you know, in the last five, six, seven years. And so. you know, I feel free to speak up. But you know, my experience has been, for the majority of people, and there are exceptions like Kurt, who really does like mild to medium bodied stuff. Mm-hmm. But most people who have been smoking cigars for any period of time tend to start off with a mild to medium and then their tastes kind of graduate into sure. other and that kind of you know you know seven eight years ago before Monte Cristo was really you know shaking things up you know you, you almost kind of graduate from that to other things absolutely you know so now you're you're creating things to keep people interested and to to shake things up and and keep Monte Cristo fresh absolutely yeah in no, people's it, minds. and and I think that is definitely how a lot of people you know, experience smoking cigars. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, this, I was actually just talking about this the other day uh, with a friend. Um, my palate has really gone through that evolution a couple mm-hmm. different times mm-hmm. where I, you know, you start with the lighter stuff that, you know, for kind of introduce yourself. Right. And then I just went like full bore, all Maduro, full body. That's all I want. You, you know, when you find that. And I found in the last couple of years, I'm smoking more and more on that mild to medium Connecticut shade side than I ever did before in my mm. life, even when I was first getting started. And not just within my brands, right. you know, like as I'm looking at stuff, like just experimenting with different things and mm-hmm. finding my palate has changed again. So I think it could almost even be a circular thing where you kind of, as you grow, your palate changes again and again. And, you know, as a smoker, as you, you learn what you like, it's almost easier to diversify because you can find what you're looking for. Mm. You know, and I just, I still love the fuller bodied stuff, but yeah. it's not like I won't turn away from some of the lighter stuff. Like I for sure used to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now when COVID hit, you know, back in 2020, you know, everybody was afraid at first <clears throat> that everything was going to stop. Sure. And, in the scar industry, the reverse happened for a lot of people. It certainly yep. did for us at Twins. Mm. Things boomed. They're continuing to boom this year. It's it's kind of like a a resurgence of interest in, yep. in cigars, and a lot of uh, companies are seeing you know you know mammoth number increases. Yes. As, as have you experienced that as well with Altidus here? So business is quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's why I have time to come on a podcast. Um, 
uh no business is has really taken off mm -hmm. um you know i think we all know consumption's way up mm -hmm. you know people have been at home for a long time with yes. not able to go out and do all the other things they like to do so mm -hmm. you know i uh, and and i think everybody's business reflects that um you know it was a weird year you know yeah. working from home you know the, the company i should say was very good to us they mm -hmm. said we don't want anybody out there just keep doing what you're doing call your customers email you know be in touch when you can sure. kind of thing and um you know it, it was interesting you know covering new england i have rhode island massachusetts new hampshire and maine so that's four totally different rule sets four yeah. totally different markets you know mm. uh, a lot of my stores in massachusetts were closed yeah for a long time like mm -hmm. not even able to do curbside mm. so it was i mean even with that you know we still we had a very good year and yeah. i had a very good year but i th I think the industry as a whole is really i mean i, I just want to keep going <laughs> you know like let's just everybody keep their head down and keep doing their thing so the follow-up question to that is one of the you know while it's you know for a lot of companies it's been awesome seeing you know in, in a lot of cases double digit growth serious double digit yep. growth you know, uh, on the other hand, that causes, you know, other problems, problems that maybe you'd rather have than other problems. But <laughs> we've got, you know, still got, you know, problems with transporting stuff from place yeah. to place. That's gotten more expensive. There's a lot of backlog on things. And when you, you know, I mean, who who plans to, to grow by 30 or 40 percent or 50 percent yeah. in a year? So how do you keep up with demand? How is Altidus dealing with with the, the boom? How are they doing? So we, I mean, like everybody else in the industry right now, back orders are what they are. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's, I mean, nobody has empty shelves, but there's going to be, there's going to be holes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just like across, I would say that's not unique to us. That's across the industry. No, no, no absolutely. Not unique to you at all. But one of the things with, that I think we do have uh, going for us in our favor um, is that our production facilities, uh, that we we own uh tobacco area de garcia in the dominican mm -hmm. and uh la flor de copan in honduras um have been able to with a couple exceptions have fairly steady production numbers um you know knock on wood everything is still going okay with that it's mm -hmm. it's um been a transportation issue for mm -hmm. the most part yeah that's um, what that's what it's been for most so there's been a lot of uh you know a, a lot of uh not panic but you know, on the rep end, it's like, oh, like looking at the back order list. Oh, geez, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But yeah. it's, it, it is, uh, it's resolving itself fairly well, um, at least for, on our end. Um, it, it's something that they're really not, I, I don't want to say putting the hammer down like they're rushing things, but mm -hmm. they're, they're being very active in, in the way they're handling this. Right. And uh, the fact having, you know, TDG is the largest premium cigar factory in the world. Mm. And that really helps. Yeah. <laughs> lots, lots of hands on deck, even when it's not full mm. capacity. Um, you know, so we, we have great growing partners. Uh, the Mendez Tobacco Company in the Dominican mm -hmm. keeps us very well supplied in tobacco, working with AJ. You know, we, we work with people who know what they're doing. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so it, it really um, it really has helped. Mm. And, and I would say we're faring better than most in that particular realm you know back orders are always going to be our you know our the nightmare but it's, yeah. yeah but um you know we have managed to get um a lot of stuff in that i thought was going to be out longer mm. so mm. back orders is always better than no orders well listen 
<laughs> as long, once they ship, I'm a happy man. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, but I, I think, you know, things will definitely be improving. You know, this summer, our, our July was huge. So we're, I think we're, we're pretty much recovered from that almost. So we're in a pretty good, good spot. That's awesome. Know? I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's a tough thing, yeah. you know, um, but you know, as long as we're keeping our customers happy, right? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Oh, we don't have a tour. I have the Robusto. <laughs> you know, we're in good shape, but we're we're getting there. And I've been I've been actually very pleased. I know they really work hard on it too in the office. And like you said, who could forecast this? Right. Right. You right. Can't, I mean, you can't plan that. You, you know, and to be able to pivot the way that they have, I feel like is really, mm. you know, they've been doing a job. Well, bringing a bottle of plants doesn't help either. <laughs> I know the, the night's totally ruined. You know, Paul, I did just notice this is from 2016 since you were asked. Oh, we've been sitting on this for a minute. Yes, <laughs> my goodness, incredibly smooth. Oh right? yeah. Are you all liking mm. the pairing? Yes, it is mm -hmm. absolutely going very, very well with the cigar. Right on. Yep, it's toned down a lot of the pepper notes for me. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the, the sweetness the, really offsets. The, it's, yeah. the sweetness absolutely. It just it counters the pepper notes. Yep, bring out a lot more, a little bit more sweetness, a little bit more earth. But the retrohale is still a lot of pepper there. It's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Really, really rich. Mm. What do you, Bree? You're you're the resident uh, booze expert on the. <laughs> <laughs> resident yeah. booze expert. Yeah, the resident right. booze. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, I'm going to, oh, my air piece keeps cutting out, can't hear it on the side. Um, I'm going to have to agree, I'm I'm enjoying, um, I don't know if any, any of you have ever, like, lifted your bourbon, not to take a full sip, but just to kind of wet your lips, and it's, mm -hmm. it almost creates the illusion of having, like, a bourbon-tipped cigar, mm. and I find that when you do that, it takes all the harshness um, that might come between the pepper and the bourbon and kind of creates like a sweet tip. It's really interesting. Um, so I've been kind of doing mm. that in between puffing and between sipping. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm finding that it enhances my experience. Well, you did that by accident, right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I dr accidentally dropped a few, Sorry. uh, Ooh, yeah. few, few drips, That's nice. few drips of the uh, Blanton's on my, the end of my cigar just on the lips. Just then... wet it. Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, that's nice. Just like that. Just like take a that. puffy puffy. Makes it super smooth and creamy. Oh. This is why we like Brie to do the last in the series of, dis of descriptions. The because last, yeah, because yeah. The, the last to go because she, her descriptions are always a couple of tears ahead, uh, mm -hmm. above us. When just I go, was 12, my grandfather took me out. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was and I was down in the bilge. And that bilge is what reminds me of this cigar. I call this a very <laughs> seasonal pairing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are there any future projects for Monte Cristo or Altidus in general that you might be able to comment on on this, this show here? This is where you're trying to get me in trouble. No. Um, we do have uh, one new Monte Cristo project that that just literally just released and is going to be shipping uh, very very soon. Uh, the Monte Cristo Epic Vintage Twelve mm -hmm. um, uses all you know nine year aged tobaccos. Okay. Um, comes in these really gorgeous dark blue ten count boxes and um, it's a straight medium bodied cigar. Mm -hmm. But one of the, one of the things that I like the most about it is that it. It uses the um, Pilotico tobacco that the Mendez family grows for us exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, it was a seed that was brought to the Dominican from Cuba in the 60s, but was not hybridized with other tobaccos like most of them were to okay. fight against mold and, and to make the plants more robust. Um, and it's a small plant. 
Mm -hmm. only only grows to about four feet very small leaves by comparison to Mm -hmm. other tobacco plants um but it's a very old school flavor yeah like if you smoke cigars you know in the 90s it's going to be a reminder of what that was Mm. and when i smoke a cigar with the pilotico in it that's all i can it's all i can taste and i love i love and it's uh you know, it it's people ask me, well, was it what, like the we're talking about flavor notes and mm-hmm. things like that? I'm like, this just tastes like a cigar. <laughs> like it's yeah. just this straight old school tobacco flavor, mm. um, and that will be uh, shipping soon. Um, I think by the end of this month. Okay. Don't quote me on that per se, but um, that's the plan no. Right we're not now. quoting any shipping anything um, right now. But that's uh, I mean, it's an exciting project because it, it's really uh, we don't use that pilotico leaf very often. Right. So it's something that we. Um, you know, we really pick our spots, mm. you know, and it seems like every time we do, it's really solid. So mm. I'm excited for that to hit. Um, I know there are a couple other things coming, but, you know, this might be my last appearance as your rep. <laughs> for I two years. About yeah. too much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there, I know we do have some stuff, uh, a new aging room launching soon. Um, that's another uh, collaboration with Raphael and AJ. Um, kind of okay. just going and having some fun in the fields and finding some you know quality tobaccos to to roll out um but i don't have a timeline on that but i know that's soon oh that's cool it's great when old friends like that can get together and listen work on we things. all could have friends like that you know <laughs> yeah serious <laughs> you know but i'll make sure i'll be seeing Raphael later this week so i'll make sure to give him a hard time and see what i can find out for him oh very good very good now sweet you of course seven years is a rep you have a very good idea of what being a cigar rep for a major company means. Sure. All right. You probably also know that the customers in the shop and other people who work in the shops have their own conception of what a cigar rep means. And there's probably some misconceptions <laughs> out there. What What is one misconception about being a cigar rep that you would love to just go away? If you could clear something up for everybody to understand what a cigar rep is or is not, what what would that be? So I think it's hmm. <laughs> a good question. Mm. Yeah, I know. I got to be real careful. You want to vamp for a second? <laughs> no. Um, just, 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 we'll be right back um, after yeah, these messages. I need, <laughs> uh, no, it brought it, to you by Blanton's. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's funny now that you say that. Um, you know, I think I hear a lot from people, you know, especially as more, more consumers than, you know, my mm-hmm. customers and everything mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, it must be great. You must be out all the time, just, you know, drinking and smoking and having a good time and throwing down the company card. And it's like, I'm, I'm back at my hotel by nine o'clock every night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, it's, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all, we have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, not no dirt under the fingernails, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a real fun job, mm. but you know, at the same time, it's not going as hard as some people might think it is, mm. <laughs> you know, um, it's, uh, it has its moments, you know, but, uh, I definitely, uh, it's not all parties. Is not really. Saying. No, like, I like, you know, the, when we do events and we, you know, we have something like this or the barbecue this weekend, like right. it, it's going to be yeah real good time it's going to be an awesome time. but but that's yeah. uh more the exception than the rule right i guess i would say you know mm-hmm. like i've got you know a, a schedule i got to keep every day mm-hmm. you know and and it, it's by design you know i i know where i'm going i set up my schedule i do you know 
know where I'm going to be, but you know, still have to do my work. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and as fun as it is, it's it's a job, and there are expectations. And I think a lot of people seem to think it's just kind of a little more free, yeah. free flowing maybe than it just flitting from place is. to place. Here, have a cigar. Yeah. Let's smoke together. I mean, at the end of at the end of the day, do I drive to different shops every day and have cigars and talk with people? Yes, just like we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. But that's the front facing side. That's what you see. Yeah, that happens. Yep. It's not yep. the, you know a lot of the paperwork type stuff that mm. happens either at the mm -hmm. hotel or in the car after the meeting or the, you know, negotiating with the office to get stuff shipped and, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So it's, mm. it's, it's awfully fun, but there's a lot more to it than I think most, most people, people think. identify. Yeah. Mm. What's, um, what's the biggest challenge you think it's uh, facing you right now? So coming out of, you know, lockdown and quarantine COVID, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. um, the the biggest thing I saw as a challenge was getting consumers to try new brands. Mm. You know, for the last couple of years or year and a half, almost two now, people have been kind of locked into traditional. I know what I want. This is what I like. I'm mm -hmm. in and out of here kind of thing. Or if it's a curbside thing, it's people are really only going to be getting what they know, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm seeing this is shifting as we're coming out of, you know, the more serious lockdown type stuff. But as people are getting back into stores, it's improving. But the last year and a half or so, we've had a lot of new releases that, you know, maybe not everybody has had their hands on right. just because they haven't been shopping the way they were shopping before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's, I've noticed a really very nice decisive shift in that for the last couple months mm. is people kind of coming out of the woodwork for their new brands again. Mm. So that, I mean, that is like the big hurdle for me right now is getting these new brands on the shelf and in people's hands because it's been such a long stretch of, really not being able to be in stores yeah you know yeah. as as normal like and really mm -hmm. working you know walking around a humidor and seeing what's new and and things like that so um you know new hampshire's been a little more open than yes. the rest of my territory has mm -hmm. been you know but i'm finding in a lot of the shops i go into it's people are just kind of really starting to be present more than they are just in and out mm. so i mean that's really i mean again I'm, I'm reaching for the hard part, mm. you know, it's, mm. it's really, things are, are really working out right now, but nice. that's the big thing I see currently. Excellent. Um, what does, uh, what does Adam like to do in his downtime? <laughs> uh, Adam is a nerd, so he reads a lot. Um, actually I was here uh, a couple weeks ago for this. Uh, anniversary show. That's right. Yeah. Like that's right. I got a list of recommendations from Talia to mm. catch up on um friend of the show uh no um <laughs> but uh uh you know I, I read a lot i do a lot of um woodwork uh built myself a new dining room table during quarantine mm, nice um well you know what my brother did it a couple years ago and i figure if he could do it he's younger so you know he yes. could do it i could do it. yeah and yeah. uh i do how you do um <laughs> uh but you know a lot of that i actually um a couple years ago built myself um, again, because I'm a nerd and I was bored, I built myself an apple press and I make my own cider at home. Nice. Um, cool. So, you Yummy. know, when there's free time, that's, you know, filled up with that. But being back out on the road more, there's less and less than free time. <laughs> so, and I, listen, I'm very happy to be back out on the road and seeing everybody again. So it's, uh, it's nice to be living life. It um, is. It's, it's nice to be, I mean, we're fortunate here at Twins. We were able to stay, you know, open and, in some form through through last year 
And um, I know you mentioned Massachusetts. They had a much harder time than, than yeah. we did. Um, you know, but uh, we're glad things have opened up again and, and people are coming back and, and all that is really, really good. Um, I, I've, I've focused a lot of time here on, on interviewing Adam. I, I, I want to throw some questions out for everybody to kind of get everybody else involved instead of just sitting here watching me pepper him with questions. Well, I thought that's why I was here. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, you know. <laughs> so, you know, we can we can start with you so that you don't <laughs> feel left out, though, okay? <laughs> so, Adam, Adam, what is one of your hidden talents? Well... I mean, I think we kind of hit a little bit on it with like the woodworking, woodworking stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I teach myself to do stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as we are here sitting here live on YouTube, I can tell you, YouTube is my best friend when I don't know <laughs> when I don't know how to do something. So I can find a YouTube video and figure out how to do it. Uh, like I've been building my own tools and stuff for you yeah. know around around the house, around the yard. Um, I mean, I've changed an alternator on a car because mm. somebody put up a YouTube video of them doing it. I just yeah. did what he did. Yeah. You know, so, like, I think that's, you know, I don't like to not be able to do stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You mm-hmm. know. Get you there. So, so, you know, I like, you know, self self taught mm-hmm. via, you know, YouTube or whatever. Right. right, uh, right YouTube's right. the easiest thing, but I, you know, that would definitely be one of my little, you know, little things about me that. Probably not a lot of people. I can know. I can dig that. I you know earlier earlier this summer, um, the air conditioning on my my car stopped working, and I started to freak out, and I I went onto YouTube, looked up my car, and they said before you take it to the mechanic, mm-hmm. check this fuse, and I and and they said and and uh, the fuse on your horn is the same fuse for the air conditioner. So just take the one out, put the other in, and see if and that just works. See if it works. And you know what? It did. Yep. <laughs> it was like yeah. it was a two dollar fuse. And how like, many hundreds awesome. of dollars did that this save? This is great. Right? Exactly. Yep. How yep. many hundreds of dollars yep. did that save? So I to- totally can get into that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Breathe. What's your Debris. what's your yeah. hidden talent? I feel like most most of my main talents hidden have been talents. exposed via yes. bar. <laughs> very, very uh, everyone knows I sing. Everyone knows I do graphic art. Um, I guess like one of the things I I don't really, it's kind of assumed, but um, I've been over quarantine getting really into jewelry making. So mm-hmm. I've been doing like wire wrapping. I made like this. I do like a lot of like drop malas, like bracelets, like. Whenever I get a moment to go and get new like beads and crystals, if I have a moment, I'll I'll start like wire wrapping or <laughs> doing oh, stuff like that. That's cool. That is cool. Um, yeah, so that's the current thing. You know what an unhidden talent of breeze is? Oh boy. Uh oh. Pat's blown me. The up. mess she can make <laughs> in such a quick. Hence the name Bree. <laughs> in the house. I don't get paid enough to ball back when she's on. <laughs> I'll spend like 10 minutes cleaning the counter. I go back to get a jug of water. Come out and just explosion. I'm not going to disagree with that in the least bit at all. Yeah, Pat's looking at me with this look of like disgust and hate. <laughs> and my biggest pet peeve at the bar is we have the the pint glasses to the left of the like the ice scoop okay and 
I hate when people put handles and stuff in that spot because when I walk over there with my hands filled with glasses, <laughs> I can't put them down because it's not blocking. So the Guilty. last shift I had with Bree about like, I think it was like a week and a half, two weeks ago, <laughs> she had, I think it was the can of cherries or something that the cap was not on and I knocked it over and whoever the poor customer was across the counter definitely heard me say some select words <laughs> i was infuriated see pat stews silently he, he just his anger just builds that erupts you don't want to be on the bad side of pat words. wednesday he won't like him when he's angry paul what about you what's what's your hidden talent i'm going to piggyback off adam uh, what he said too. I I I I was one that always liked to do my own thing in terms of fixing things in the house or fixing things on the car. I used to where I was living before. I I did a lot more of that. I I mean I learned how to fix my refrigerator. I learned how to fix my lawn tractor. I learned how to uh, do some you know some light mechanical stuff in the car. Um, and I still do that to a, a smaller degree today, even though I don't have a big house any longer. But yeah, that's that's or a phone that can get YouTube. Oh God, no! Yeah. Well, that, but, 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 but YouTube has absolutely been uh, a big help because, like, like you say, there's there's a ton of videos out there that can show you how to fix everything out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you like you say, if you aren't sure, there's probably some video out there that can show you specifically what you're dealing with and can help you to fix that. Yeah. And I mean, I put on, I put in, you know ceiling fans you know mm. light fixtures that you know literally that require rewiring and stuff mm. like that so i mean i i would i didn't know how to do that before i went to youtube so yeah that's, yeah, how, that's how you learn your 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 little light skills there yep yep so. yep dave uh let's see Jeez. um it's not like I haven't given you time to think about it. Well, no, it's just, uh, but I've been I, listening I, 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 attentively. Been listening attentively. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I I do like everything really. I mean, I I'm. I, <laughs> so you have no hidden talents? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, no I I mean, I do your breaks. I do my breaks. I do. That was a cascading fun because I did your breaks. I did my breaks, and then one of my friends I did. And it was all within a week's time, mm -hmm. all here in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. um, well, you used to breaks, Dave. Yeah, used to breaks, and but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You used to do a lot breaks, of I do say. a lot of you know uh, <laughs> lots of them. A lot of a lot of you always learning stuff on YouTube, whether it's you know science, physics, uh, you know how to how to do this or how to solve that. Um, I build computers. I, yeah, I do. A, I do a lot of everything. I don't, I don't. But I do it a lot. I think for other people too, they need help with stuff, whether it's computers, whether it's cell phones, whether it's whatever. Well, you are the resident uh, electronics guy. expert. Mm. Yep. You just say you, nerd. You, you, you nerd. Well. I'm fine with nerd. <laughs> Very nerdy. You've done a lot of wiring and you know stuff at. Yep, wins, a lot so. of lights. Yep, a lot of lights, electronics, speakers. You know, yep, speakers, all yeah, the audio. Audio yep. stuff, yeah. Yeah, actually, yep. I think the first time I met Dave, he was changing out lights in a in the Zycar case over there in Londonderry. Mm -hmm. yep. yep, making yep. them flash. Make, making everything <laughs> different colors. Look right. Yep. 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 Pat, do you have any hidden talents? You, you may be too young to know. <laughs> if you know me well, it's not really a hidden talent, but I come off kind of a quiet guy to people that don't know me. But I'm like, my talent would be arguing. 
Like I, 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 I won't lose an argument. 100%. Even if I'm wrong, I won't let anyone win. Hats <laughs> <laughs> well, this on makes sense. Talent. Wanting to wanting to go into to law, you know, being able to argue and being able to win is very important. Yeah, because I was that kid in school that whenever everyone chose a point in class, I, even if it was just there's, there's nothing to go off of it i would always go devil's advocate just yeah. to be that guy that's mm-hmm. like you guys are idiots and you're wrong and i'm right <laughs> i'm gonna you retaliate know? here with um pat's unhidden talent of um impersonations <laughs> uh, <laughs> so pat gets to know to know you or observe a certain thing that you do once he comes up with an impersonation <laughs> it's all give us over. give us an impersonation pat what you talking about hey now um <laughs> Dude, like I could do, well, I mean, when I first started, I, I think the first impersonation I did was Kendra. Yeah, I was going to say, and do Kendra. And Sam. When, well, yeah, Sam, well, Sam was easy, because he, whenever he would, like, shake a beverage, he would, like, he had his, he never had his hair done, he would let yeah. it grow out, you know, should have went to the barber a few more times than he did, but he would <laughs> take the right shaker, now. and he would just, like, I can't do it with the headset on <laughs> <laughs> yep. He like would go. He would go to the would metal. Be flopping everywhere. <laughs> if you walked by him, you get a you know hair in your mouth. Like oh, he was all over. <laughs> and then whenever Sam you, the barman. Whenever Kendra's focused on something, like if someone asks her a question about a spirit, she has this tendency to be like, well, you see, the barman can kind of. You know, give like this heat off and uh, like, nudges like this. It's like she's here in the room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all right. So it wouldn't be so hidden today, but I don't think anyone else here knows that I, I, I draw. Oh, wow. I draw and paint and, um, when I was, you know, when I was in, in school, you know, in high school, everyone thought I was going to go into art. Everybody mm-hmm. thought I was going to. I did. And, um, you know, my early on plan had been to uh, painting science fiction book covers or something. That's what I wanted to do, illustrate, illustrate books. And uh, completely went in different directions. But I still, you know, <laughs> the now the creativity is more in... Um, writing cooking you know um i i do public speaking and stuff you know that's what pastors do they do you know but there's a lot of art involved in that too and so my artistic talents have been channeled in different ways also the editor for the podcast obviously mm-hmm. yep. yep 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 so when are we going to see your paintings or your drawings stan well you can come to my house and see some of them <laughs> So we I mean, should bring it in, you know, showcase them here. Yeah, can, like you can't say that. From Dan's house. What's that? You, like you can't just say that and then not produce it. Right. You know? We have to see the I, proof. Just, a, just, just a, like preface. This is a preface. A preface. Preface. Proofers. Nice to brother. Yeah. Proofus. We the, the best. I never got anything above, above a B in English, but I could <laughs> preface. <laughs> preface. You know, it's hard to compliment you right now. <laughs> At least you pronounced it right. <laughs> so we'd be the, we, the, we, some we, of the we, best times I can remember with Dan as a kid was playing Pictionary and being on his team 
and one of the, the my favorite <laughs> memories was the word was butler and the first thing i said when he drew it he draw the draw whatever uh was alfred from batman and and <laughs> he just looked at, you know he just drew alfred i mean oh, i drew a butler I, you yeah, which was Batman. you know it was alfred i mean it, 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 it was it was alfred and it, it that's just how well and how fast he could draw something that would spark it and he would just look at me no and i was like oh butler because that's what it was it was too specific but, all right well really good. next next week i will bring in some pictures of my pictures and we can throw them up here and Beautiful. we'll show you show you some of the stuff i've done yes what you should so do we'll... is you should bring in the comic you drew for high school oh the stoneham crisis yes that was epic yeah listen that's a real good tease yeah people where are these guys been? people right. people paid to be in this comic book where it was basically a horror thing and they would awesome. they would want they would volunteer to be caricatured into the into the thing awesome. and and eaten by this thing called a Gru, which is this big science experiment that got out of one of my teacher's labs. Like so, a lot. Yeah, it was it, it was funny. There were three three that was it went for three issues. <sighs> yep, and it was excellent. It was awesome. Mm. Bring it in. Yes, mm. we got to see that. All right, all right. Well, we'll see about that. Um, we're. I think that's a good place to stop. We're we're just about halfway through, so I've got some other questions here, but we can ask them in the uh, second half of the show. Uh, we're going to switch over to the pipe tobacco in just a minute, but before we do that, what's the final thoughts here on the uh, Monte Cristo 1935 anniversary cigar? Dave, Excellent. What's your what's what's your <laughs> final thoughts? Thank you for sharing that, Dave. You're welcome. In other person's words. Yep. You're welcome. It, it is excellent. Um, it's uh, the cocoa notes that the uh, the coffee that you were talking about earlier, Dan, is really hitting me. Uh, I think the the Blantons is really bringing that out. Mm. Um, the retro hail is just it's uh, mesmerizing. I love it. I can't mm. stop retro hailing. It's unbelievable. I'm so enthralled. Yeah. So first off, I'd say this is the pinnacle of construction. Mm -hmm. It has that like really thick, like firm box press, toothy wrapper, and even going into the back third, mm -hmm. it's not getting soft or not anything. It's not heating up on me. And so, I mean, going into the back third, I concur with what I said for the, for the palate feel that peppers died down. So it's kind of opened up more notes for the finish. Mm -hmm. But going into the back third, it's more of like a finished leather, earthery, cocoa ground flavor. But the second third that I didn't have an opportunity to talk about, I got... So the unique thing about this cigar is the the Cuban Monte Cristos. To me, they're, they're known to have this baking spice flavor to it. Okay. So this, obviously, this isn't a Cuban Monte Cristo. No, but it has this unique baking spice profile to it that mm -hmm. kind of makes me reminisce in those Cuban cigars I've enjoyed in the past. And it's whenever I've had one of those Monte Cristos, a flavor that kind of lingered on the finish for me was it's, it's like in October when those scented pine cones come out, like those mm -hmm. cinnamony pine cones, mm -hmm. like that was kind of what I was getting for a brief moment of time. You on the second third pine cones it's my kind of description. yeah it's it's it hard, like that's it's to me it's a really distinct like aroma and flavor mm -hmm. 
not that I've you know ate one of the pine the cones, but it's been it just reminds me a lot of it. Not that I ate the pine cone. Yeah. Just smelled it. Maybe I did. You know, you know. Like There's probably some protein in there somewhere. You know. It's probably good for your teeth. A little bit of bacon. Yeah. You know, yeah. roughage. 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 Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Bree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Pat summed it up really well. The cigar kind of took me for a surprise. Like, it, it's been a while since I felt, like, the nicotine rush from a cigar. Like, um, it deceived me because it, it really mellowed out. So after, like, the initial spice um, and then the pairing, like, they were kind of taking an edge off of each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, it's mellowing out now. And then I felt like the woo! Mm. And now I'm mashing. <laughs> hey, I'm not the um, other well, Yeah. So, I'm really enjoying it though. It's, it's, I would have this pairing again. I, I'm sticking with the whole, the pairing complements well. You know, the the bourbon Mm. is taking the edge off the cigar and the cigar is taking the edge off the bourbon. bourbon. Which brings out more flavors in each. Oh, yeah. 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 More sweetness. Paul? Yeah. First of all, the construction is spot on. Yeah. Never had to relight it once. Uh, Mm. The drawer is phenomenal. It's, it's just so smooth. Um, and I love the feel of that box press in my hands. Uh, like I said, it's not getting soft at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of earthy cocoa notes in the last third. I think the Blanton's is definitely bringing a lot of that out as, along yeah. with the coffee. A little bit of sweetness as well, but it's just been a phenomenal pairing. And again, thank you, my friend, for bringing the Blanton's in. Yes. This has been a, uh, a real treat tonight. Okay with this one. A real treat mm. tonight. Thank you. And you're hanging around for the next half, right? Yeah, sure. Because you're a pipe guy. Ready to sure. go. So, yep, mm-hmm. we're ready to go. So we'll be back in just a minute. Don't go anywhere. All right, everybody, we're back. Thanks for hanging in there with us. And uh, for the second half of our podcast, for our pipe tobacco review, we're going to be smoking Escudo Navy Deluxe, mm. a brand that has been around for well over 100 years and uh, is one of the standards by which all Virginia Perique blends are judged. And from the tin, it says a combination of full-bodied Virginia from North Carolina and Virginia blended with Perique from Louisiana, which is odd. I understand why they say where they got the Virginias from, but since Perique is only grown in Louisiana, (laughs) and specifically in a couple of blocks of the city of Louisiana, one wonders why they have to say anyway. Um, are the cornerstones of Escudo. The blend is pressed and matured before it is spun and cut into coins. This process ensures the unique character of Escudo. Escudo, Escudo is Spanish for shield, shield. Uh, and also uh, is used for large coin uh, uh, money in Spanish as well, and that's the size of the... the uh, um, coin slices that are in there so it's very aptly named little shields of tobacco there Mm. and uh, it's manufactured by the scandinavian tobacco group Mm. and uh, virginia perique no flavoring on these and coin cut or uh, curly cut depending on who you ask and we are again enjoying the blantons with this we had some other plans that we decided to ditch but uh <laughs> sorry can you blame us <laughs> no i mean not really blame sorry us, no. but you know <laughs> mm. Mm. so this is good so first impressions here on the tobacco and the pairing dave you want me to start with you sure you're not feeling like you're waiting to the last minute 
No, that's fine. I'm getting uh, I'm getting some. It's a really well well blended mix to me. I'm getting mm. some some little earth, little leather. I'm getting some fruit tones, like dark fruits. Um, uh, the the retro hail is incredibly smooth. I'm not getting any pepper from it. Um, and I haven't tried it with the drink yet. Mm. So, but the tobacco so far is fantastic. What do you think, Pat? Tell us, Pat Fuente. So it has like a... With the drink. I don't know if the drink caused it yet. It's still early on. But I'm getting this doughy flavor. Like this doughy texture with it. Call it weird. Keep laughing over there, Paul. <laughs> Maybe one day you can have a good review. <laughs> oh, 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 spicy. I'm just gonna joke. It's okay. Put a little bit of Blanton's in the boy, and all of a sudden he opened up. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, it's really smooth. Has some nice like dried fruit tones to it. Mm -hmm. I, I am getting a little bit of earth. I can concur, with Dave. Yeah. Hmm. I got a lot of wood notes, earth, some hay, a little bit of fruit, um, occasional hints of citrus I get from this, from the uh, Virginias, and some raisin cocoa and, and some gentle spice from the Perique. Um, I've noticed in the past that the, the strength of this increases as it goes down, the, the body, I should say, increases as it goes down the bowl. We'll see. And... Um, We'll see if that happens, mm. but uh, so far I think the Blantons is going really well with it too. It just it's bringing out more of the um, uh, sweet notes in the Virginias there. I'm I'm enjoying it. Now this is the first time you've smoked pipe in a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Which in football time means like, like years, ten. like five or six years. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what are, what are you uh, picking up there? Do so you, definitely can you describe more... flavors at all or. So Definitely more of like the dried fruit mm -hmm. that you, you mentioned. Like you mentioned mm -hmm. citrus and mm -hmm. like maybe raisin, but mm -hmm. to me it was almost more like fig or apricot. Yeah, fig, fig would be something uh, I would fruits, use. Yeah, 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 I could get that. But it, it does have that, you can tell with the perique is definitely there, mm -hmm. like the little bite mm -hmm. on the tongue. Not like overwhelming, no. but but it's it's pl it's a pleasant little reminder almost yeah. that it's there. Yep, yep. Um, but no, it's, it's really nice though. Very mm. smooth. It's, it's might be my a misconception on my part but when i hear like navy i think tend, tend to think stronger right you, you know kind of knock you in the face strength mm -hmm. and i'm not getting that out of this but there's you can tell it's still yeah it's there's still, still there. there's, there's a lot of stuff going on but i, I think it's medium at best mm -hmm. yeah Bree, mm -hmm. what do you think yeah i'm agreeing with everyone's what everyone's saying so far it definitely has a nice kick um i mostly got the dried fruit off the bat um, I did get some of the citrus on the very back end of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm also really enjoying um, the coin mm. just because I, I like the way that it packs. I, I feel like yeah. it's very easy um, to pack and it burns nicely once it's in the bowl. Mm -hmm. You just fold it up and shove it in there? Shove it in there. Right in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was, was going to ask is how did, how did people pack it? You know, because I didn't. That's typically what I do when I have a coin slice is I'll fold it up and stuff it in. What did you do this time? Well, I folded it up and stuff it in. <laughs> I just so let Paul do it. 
I don't break it up. I folded it up and stuffed it in. I folded it up and stuffed it in. I folded up and stuffed it in. I picked things up and put them down. Now, normally, I didn't rub it out. Yeah, normally I would rub it out, Dave, but tonight I decided to fold it and stuff it in. Yeah, yeah, baby. Are you happy now? I'm happy. All right. All right. So what I get out of this really is I get a lot of stone fruit right mm -hmm. up front. So I get mm -hmm. a lot of plum and a little bit of cherry notes, too. Yeah. yeah. Plum and cherry, uh, huh? A lot of earthy, a little bit of woodiness, too. Uh, and the retrohale, I agree with you, Dave, a lot of, like, smooth spice. Not mm -hmm. a, No pepper at all. Just a no, nice smooth really spice from the yeah. Puri. Yep. Yep. Very, very good. Yeah. It's a great vapor. Mm. Now, um... We are going to introduce a brand new segment dun, dun, dun. Oh. called Cleaning Up Debris. So, Bree, what are we what are we doing tonight for? So, um, yeah. So, I guess this um, being a new segment is somewhat experimental in nature. Um, so, each week that I'm on the show, I'm going to be um, choosing a member of the panel to um, ask a few more introspective questions. So, we're going to try and clean up and assess what's going on in the minds or on the outside of different members of our panel. So mm. today... You can say psychoanalyze. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, it's a double blind, you know, it's, it's interfering with the study <laughs> and disclose that information. <laughs> um, so so our, our first um, subject is going to be Dave. Oh. Are, you, are, you, are you ready for the back? Dive into Dave. Dive into Dave. <laughs> it's a messy pond. Are my you name. sure I, that I, you want to go into either. that moss icely world of scum and villainy? Top Take a step further, Dave. It's all right. <laughs> so, all Dave, right. I'm going to ask you some questions, and we're going to try to uh, make mm. some guesses as to, to why you answered the way you did. Oh, okay. So, um, first, mm. yes. would you be friends with yourself? Yes. And why? That was a quick answer. <laughs> that was a very quick <laughs> answer. He was right out of the hip. Well, because he, he likes himself. <laughs> well, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with who I am. And I, um, I'm, I'm happy. Yes, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm very easygoing. Very happy to. Very very easy to get along with. Um, I feel like um, I've I've worked really hard on listening, and I think I'm a good friend. You know, and my shitty memory really helps with that. Bleep. Bleep. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't me. Okay. All right. So, so Dave has a strong sense of self. That That's good. I mean, I know a few people who, even even when they love their personality, they they might feel that their own personality is too similar, obviously, because you're, you're friends mm -hmm. with yourself. So, you're, you mm -hmm. know, you're thinking you're on the exact same wavelength as somebody else that you're trying to be friends with. Mm -hmm. So sometimes opposites attract. So I, I guess that's um, a positive mark in, in Dave's direction. Um, so long as he's not obsessed with himself. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I mean, I, obviously no, I, not. Dave is not obsessed with himself, but he's very comfortable with himself, and that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, another question I'll ask Dave. Dave, mm. what do you do differently from other people? Every day. That could be a lot of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it, it's kind of funny when 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 Pat mentioned earlier about uh, playing devil's advocate. I totally do that. I'm very argumentative, and it's actually one of the things that I've tried not to be as much as I used to be. Because I used to be one of those kids that you know, whenever anybody, whenever we get into a discussion, whether it was political, theoretical, um, religious, uh, I'd always you know be very adamant in and forth with in, in my convictions and my attitudes and I've learned more about myself and more about the reality of truth from playing devil's advocate um, because when you really try to be the part to be to, to, th to think in somebody else's shoes uh, it can really be eye-opening and help you with your own I guess identity good Another another positive point in Dave's direction there. Positive sense. It's, it's kind of direction. going back to let's, the self-esteem. Sure you know, he's he's grounded yes. in who he is. So. <laughs> I heard you. Should I scoot over or something? Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, Pat. <laughs> I thought that was the cord. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, well, let's hope she didn't think it was a reward. Oh, Two years was a good run, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two years. <Yep>. Twenty-two <laughs> minutes to go, boys. <laughs> All right, so we're we're gathering that Dave has a, a decent sense of self-esteem. He's trying to be more introspective and um, open up, maybe, to other people's perceptions, and while not changing himself. Um, I, I guess this next question is, is going to be uh, more akin to your, your sense of adventure, um, the knowledge that you've considered or are hoping to consider. So my last question is, would you open an envelope with the date of your death in it? Ooh. Would I open an envelope with the date of my death in it? No. No. Mm -hmm. That ruins all the fun. I, I am very comfortable in the fact that I don't know uh, when, and that was actually it's it's kind of funny because I that was a question that plagued me when I was when I was uh, really young was what is it what does it all mean why am I even here for you know when what difference does it make because I don't even know when it's going to end anyways and uh, I mean wow that's like a real deep question to me but uh, but no. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't open it. I'd probably burn it. Yeah. So I, I, I think what I'm um, gathering from Dave is that he spends a lot of time with himself. Mm. In the... <laughs> 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 Which, you know, sometimes isn't a bad thing. I think, you know, some people mm. find a lot of validation. They find a lot of um, comfort in distracting themselves from their, their inner self with being around other people, with staying busy with other things. Um you know, whether it's a personal choice or not. <laughs> but, uh... Touche. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, but, yeah, so um, that's that's been my chat with Dave. I You have a grounded sense of self. That's my verdict. Mm. Oh, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this... Does this uh, 
fit with our own perceptions here, Paul? Yeah, yes, how, I, I would think? absolutely agree with her. Yes, yes. That Dave has a grounded sense of self? <laughs> yes. Yes. And he spends a lot of time with himself. Yes. <laughs> Pat, Pat, is that is my choice. The only thing that's missing is probably a microwave pizza somewhere, but other than that. <laughs> well, this has been clearing up debris. That time of the show where Bree helps you clear out the clutter and madness and mess from your mind so that you can be a better you. <laughs> uh, a better you understanding I, yourself. Right? I try every day. You try every day. All right, there you go. Um, let's go back to, to one of the things I wanted to ask here. What, what, Paul, what is one thing that you can't live without? Music. Music. Amen. Amen. I, can, I, can, I can turn the TV off, no problem. Mm-hmm. I really don't watch a whole lot of TV. At least I don't watch a whole lot of programming. Let's put yeah. it that way. I don't watch any shows. That might change if you had a phone that actually was able to. Well, no, I don't so, watch anything. I'm... So you're not programmed, Paul? No, you're no not I'm programmed. not programmed. I'm, I'm an individualist, Dave. <laughs> Just like you. I like spending time with myself. <laughs> but I, 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 could, I, could not, I could not live on this earth without music. Amen. I, I, I play music. <clears throat> I, and that's that, Okay, I use my phone to play music more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't watch a whole lot of videos unless the videos are like music videos and mm-hmm. usually it's just music playing with just a album cover, you know, mm-hmm. on the uh, on and I play a lot through YouTube or Pandora and uh, wherever I go I'm playing music. I'll play music when I get up in the morning, I'll play music when I'm out on the deck, you know, or listen to something. It's I can't do without it. Yep. Yep. Just just to say something on that. I have to say something. It was a long time ago I met someone who was, and he's. He said, "Oh, I can't stand music." Oh, Oof. I never talked to that person per- again. Like I would avoid him. It was at a workplace, and I avoided him like plague because I just I couldn't understand how you could be in Earth and not like any music. Any like it didn't matter if it was like, you know, like I don't know, jazz. I think, I think he's lying to you, Dave. I think but that, that was just that was just I, I couldn't understand. I don't know I don't know of anyone who doesn't like music. I think he was lying to you. Well I've met I've met a, a couple of people who said they don't like music. Yeah. Some people are afraid of music and the impact it has on them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're afraid to get in touch with that that side of themselves and open up to something that's not serious or something that they don't consider essential or that can distract them from their main sense of existing (laughs) exactly music's one of the therapies of the soul i think sometimes you know music can go places that words can't and and talking can't and it can uh help you get through things you know sometimes you just need music yep i I firmly believe that you know music is the speech of the soul Mm -hmm. you know like what you what musicians play is is an extension of what they are you know, and I, I truly believe that. Yep, I agree. Someone, I um, when I was studying music therapy, that was one thing that they focused on a lot. Like, one of like the the main components when entering the program. I mean, they they emphasize that they're focusing on using science to prove the efficacy of music, mm-hmm. um, so that it's not just like, oh yeah, music helps you. But there are actually like multitudes of documented studies 
like neuroscience journals showing the impact that music can have on the brain, like in many different facets, many different populations. And yeah, like with Alzheimer's, people are remembering stuff when they they mm -hmm. remember how to sing a song, but yeah. they can't remember who someone is, but they will remember the entire mm -hmm. lyrics of the song. Which it's, is a different part yep. of the brain. And then they start remembering other things. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's awesome. It's beautiful. They even said that people who stutter when they talk to you. When they actually sing a song, they're not stuttering. Uh -huh. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't mean. <laughs> I forget. I forget the name of the country artist who uh, Mel Mel Tillis. Remember that? He would stutter if he was talking to you, but when he sang, he sang beautifully without any stutter. It was really awesome. Pat, what's something you can't live without? I mean, I'll probably be basic and say family. I, <laughs> I take it back. Yeah, Opus. I take it back. <laughs> no, I'd say family. I think, you know, during COVID, it kind of opens your eyes up a little bit. You know, I know my family went through some adversities this past year. And mm -hmm. I think with COVID and everything, it kind of makes you think about, you know, how fortunate you are to have a close relationship with your family. And it's like, you know, my mom's always been there for me, supporting me with law school and everything. Mm. You know, I see my dad as like my best friend and my brother is just like a huge support group for me. So, you know, love him dearly. Couldn't live without him. So mm -hmm. awesome. It's very good. It's going to make what I was going to say really trite. <laughs> <laughs> you can skip me on this one. Dan's my chili. <laughs> Well, I'll I'll make you feel better. I'll, I'll coffee. Mm -hmm. I need coffee. I could I could give up. I could give up if I had to give up things. I I would cigars and pipes would go before coffee. I need Addict. my coffee. I need <laughs> my coffee to get coffee. through the day. I you drink, you drink that all through the day. <laughs> yeah, I and do. I'm assuming at night too. Could be. He yeah. never says no when I ask if he wants Starbucks. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. no, I, 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 I love coffee. It's, it's, uh, uh, you know, my, my day routinely. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm, you know, smoking a cigar, smoking a pipe. I like doing that. That's a big part of my ritual for relaxing and unwinding, and, and, um, you know, but, but, coffee's part of that too. And I, I just, I'm just a coffee guy. But Pat makes me feel like I'm a, you know. <laughs> Very selfish, self-centered twerp for Dan. I can that. make you feel better. Right? Okay. My answer is my phone. Your phone. <laughs> there you go. No, like my whole life. That was me ten years ago. Like, my phone was my life. Oh, between, please, between Dave, work, now. Not really. Like between work and like keeping in touch with my son and stuff like mm -hmm. like it's, mm, mm. it's. I'm not proud, but it's where we're at. But let me ask you something. Before the phone came into well, the, mm. the smartphone came into existence here. We all have to think back a little bit. Mm. What, what couldn't you have lived with before the invention of the smartphone? Mm. That's a question. You may not have been alive. It's only been around for one. <laughs> been out of diapers. Email. Minute, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I need my email. AOL. My, my, I was saying, the, no, the you got mad. I couldn't live without it. It was free. 45 minutes of AOL on the mm. CD-ROM. No, um, yeah, I'm that old. Mm. Uh, no, know. Probably, probably like books and things like that. Like, mm. they think they're a great distraction. And yep. I love to read, so. Yeah, I love I mean, we too. talked about that before, so yep. we can leave it right there. But yep. if we're not, if we're backing out the <laughs> the phone, I'm going with that. Bree, I'm going to have to Don't speak. Don't say me. 
You call me Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, there's my answer. Boston. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have it. Dave's, <laughs> Dave's like, that was my answer. <laughs> I know. I, what the hell? You beat me to it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to speak for myself and Kendra and say pets. Pets. They're they're just so wholesome. They're a completely different level of understanding, and just. I don't know the 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 kind of entertainment and like unconditional love. Entertain and... me, pet. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so pure. I think it's one of the purest things in the world. Like that that T-shirt that's just like, who does your dog think you are? <laughs> or like, who does your cat think you are? Oh my god. Yeah, so pets all the way, one hundred percent. Paul, I already answered. What, what did you say? Music, music, music. 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 Yeah, I was paying attention. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Adam. Someone was, at least. At least somebody was. Yeah. Oh, there, there you go. Well, I'll, I'll start with you. you. You had a sneak peek at my my uh, little uh, sheet here, so uh, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. keep the next one to you. All right. What's your favorite go-to guilty pleasure? Ooh. So this past oh. summer, and again, I don't know. Hero's guilty pleasure is. I don't know how I found this. That's what she said. That's what she said. So, when you're on YouTube and you see, when you go to the main menu, you see what's recommended. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this particular video got recommended to me. Maybe I was searching. Maybe I was dreaming about boats at the time. Right? Did everyone? Yeah. Every once in a while, I'd like, like to say, oh, this, you know, I, I used to love boats. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to have a sailboat when I was younger. My father had a sailboat. I used mm -hmm. to learn how to sail and all this stuff. But anyway, uh, I don't know how this video got on my recommended, mm -hmm. but I happened to click on it. It was called a video called Wavy Boats. Mm -hmm. And it's it this guy videotapes boats coming out of a specific inlet in Miami called Hallover Inlet. And it's apparently a very, very choppy, uh, it, it gets a lot of high waves coming in through the uh, inlet from the Atlantic Ocean. Mm -hmm. And these boats will try and steer their boat right through these waves, and they're getting crashed upon, they, they're sinking into the waves, they're people getting thrown off sometimes, or they're just getting literally, you know, just crushed mm -hmm. by it. And I'm, I thought it was the most entertaining thing, and next thing you know, I'm watching... One, five, ten, twenty of these videos. The guy's got like dozens and dozens of videos of these boats, just, and he's he's showing you what boat it is, and he's telling a lot about it. But the the whole point of this is that these people, some of these people, are are, are navigating these little dinky boats mm -hmm. out of this inlet, getting crushed by these waves, and they're getting like thrown all over the place. And I think it was the most entertaining thing. And I, and my girlfriend's like. What are you watching this for? <laughs> you don't have a boat. But then she starts watching, and then she starts getting into it, too. It's, like, it's crazy. So the last couple of months during the summer, I just started watching these videos, and it's just, it's, it's, I think it's hilarious, you know? Uh, that's, that's, my, that's my guilty pleasure, just watching people get crushed by people. <laughs> what does that say about his psychology? Buddy? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. That. That's for next week. That's, that's, next time. that's for next week. <laughs> Bree, what about you? What's what's? Oh man, it's it's a tie. Oh god, no! It's a, <laughs> you don't know me. It's um, it's a tie between memes and conspiracy theories. I'll sit there and post meme after meme after. Yeah, just... you do. You don't even know what she memes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
But yeah, that I I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching mm -hmm. different like paranormal videos, conspiracy theories on Reddit. Just like I go down a rabbit hole real quick. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like oh reading all these things. Mm -hmm. While drinking rabbit hole. Yes. Talia, are you listening? Yep. That was... <laughs> Adam. So you have a guilty pleasure. hundred percent. And I blame well, publicly I blame my son for it, but realistically it's all my fault. Mm -hmm. Um I will waste hours sometimes if I'm not paying attention watching mm -hmm. the um Instagram reels of like people's dogs doing things. <laughs> <laughs> like like I'll look down and at the clock and be like, Oh wow, we've been doing this for a minute. And um mm. it's always funny. <laughs> and my son loves them so he'll like get really into it and excited and then i'll be like well, i'll just find something to send to ben and then it's an hour later it's this is not for him anymore. yeah See, yeah, pets. yeah pets yeah it's pets listen, again. it is what it is my friends will tell you i will bombard them with them mm. it's, the funny, it's the funniest thing i've ever seen and then there it is mm. <laughs> Tell me you won't smile watching a corgi belly flop off a pier. In the <laughs> <laughs> it's funny every time. It's very true. I, yeah. I can't pretend it's not. Mm. So I have a weird one. Boy. So every now and then, I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dave. But um, every now and then, I just uh, I take a trip to Miami and I take a camera and I just start filming boats trying to go all this little out. <laughs> 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 <Just kidding. laughs> Touche, um, Quentin. Um, Quente. <laughs> when I get some free time, what I usually do is. I go on YouTube and I look up like playthroughs of video games I used to play when I was younger, like Nintendo 64, mm -hmm. like, you know, those kind of nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgic games. Like, that's my thing. Like, the music, everything just kind of brings me back to a more simple time. So, <laughs> more simpler time. Mm -hmm. More simpler times. I don't know what it is, but I can't, every time I see it posted, whether it's YouTube or, or Facebook, or whatever, I have to watch the whole thing every single time I see it. Every tingle? Every tingle time I see it is uh, replays of whose line is it anyways. Oh I just, I, I can't stop. It's either that or, or like, you know, a skit done by Robin Williams. One of the two, either one. I just can't, I'll watch it like 30 times in a row. <clears throat> hilarious. I love that stuff. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But I can't. I'm, I guess it's my guilty pleasure because I can't stop. I'll watch it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll give you two. <clears throat> um, they're both video related. And uh, the first is I, the only reason I look forward to winter, and it is not a great reason, but the only reason I look forward to winter is that means that the hillbilly weatherman is going to come out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And I watch for new videos from the hillbilly weatherman. And if you have not seen anything from the hillbilly weatherman, he's like this quintessential New England guy who actually does a, a decent weather report, but 
it's all cussing and swearing, and jargon, and totally yeah. New England jargon and everything. Storms have what he calls the shit report, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and it's an actual acronym for how the storm is, you know, what kind of storm is it, you know, the, you know, and, um, and uh, I, I can't remember what it stands for even, but, but it, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And I just laugh every time he does one of these things. I love watching the hillbilly weatherman. And the other thing is recently, I've been on a, a John Wick kick, mm. and you know, I'm here's back. here's Pastor Padron, you know, and and I'm supposed to be this really nice, you know. I've written a book on forgiveness and everything, and I can't stop watching these movies, and I don't know, what, you know. So it, it, right now, whenever I find them available on some streaming network. I'm just watching the trilogy over <laughs> and over and over, and you know what? It's worst ways to spend your time. There, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like you know I, that that scene in in the first movie where the car mechanic <laughs> is gets the call from so the awesome. the Russian mob guy, and the the camera is like zooming in on, and you know he's like this wicked, bad, evil man that nobody disobeys at all, and he says. I hear you struck my son. Why, yes, sir, I did. Can you tell me why? Well, sir, he killed John Wick's dog and stole his car. Oh. And hanged up the phone. I can't stop laughing. Every time I see it, I can't. And I keep watching it over and over and over. And there's like nothing redeeming about the, that. It's just mayhem from one end and, to the other. And then in the second one, with the with the uh with the russian guy and he's he's john wick is going through like his entire warehouse effing stuff up <laughs> and he's just sitting there listening to all the sounds of everything going on he's just like oh my god he's like he oh. killed three men with a pencil <laughs> <laughs> with a pencil <laughs> my wife's like what did he say he said pencil pencil I'm like how could Anyway, so let me give you a recommendation. Yeah. We've been talking about videos on YouTube so much. Mm -hmm. There are multiple videos where someone has taken clips of John Wick just like blasting through all these people mm -hmm. and they've replaced every gunshot sound with Owen Wilson saying, Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Wow. Oh, wow. I'll have, to, I'll have to look for that. Like, like, hey, look, I'm a car. Oh, wow. It's worth it. Uh, okay. I'm you. I'll look it you up. Just, you just need to double down on the. You I'll know, look up. John Wick, right You're now welcome in advance. Thank you. As soon as I get home, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. After, <laughs> after I play another round of Future Fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I suppose we should maybe get back to reality. Um, Boring. My my would you rather <laughs> yeah, my would you rather question is now uh, irrelevant because we ditched the drink that um. we were going to do. I and, keep messing um, stuff up. Huh? No, no. This, I might not this be back. This is really, this is really good. Oh, <laughs> we're so happy you messed stuff up. Yep. <laughs> what's what's our final verdict here on the Escudo and the pairing? Did this pair as well with the pipe tobacco as it did with the uh, cigar, Paul? I, I thought it did. Yep. I thought it was a very good pairing with the tobacco. It, it's uh, it bringing a little bit Excellent. more of the lint. It's bringing out those sweetness, the uh, the fruit notes again. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit more of that earthy tones. A little bit of wood. Um, Really, really smooth. I thought it was a phenomenal pairing. That that, that retro hail though was such a nice mm -hmm. light spice too. Mm. Um, I think it's been absolutely phenomenal. 
Bree, what'd you think? Um, it's it's interesting because I feel like um, the pipe tobacco almost makes this taste like a completely different bourbon. Mm. So like when I was just smoking huh. the pipe tobacco, all I was really getting was the dried fruit. Mm -hmm. um, once I started sipping with the bourbon, it almost made the like brought out the oak and honey in the blends, mm -hmm. and then it kept with the consistency of the pipe tobacco and I got way more citrus out of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying this pairing, honestly. It's very mellow, surprisingly. Yeah. Very mellow. Yeah. yeah, so I was actually going to say that almost exactly what Bree said. I've been, of course you were. It's been a, well, it's been a minute since I've smoked <laughs> my pipe, so like mm -hmm. I'm, it's smoking really hot right now because I've been yeah. doing a lot of lighting and packing less, yeah. you know, smoking and enjoying <laughs> But I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the way I'm just life. gonna be honest. Okay. I'm not doing this right. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I did find that the pairing matched up really nicely. And mm. when when the when I was you know overheating the tobacco, getting a little bit more hot and spicy, the getting a little bit really... more of the briar in there. Well, mm. listen, <laughs> this pipe has been with me for a while. I'm getting you, a you know it did not look like this mm. when it no came no, out of the box. It's got some nice. It's got so, some nice um, patina there. But. I found that the Blanton's really kind of balanced everything mm -hmm. out. You know, it's kind of compensating for my lack of skill. It's not a bad thing. That never. Blanton's <laughs> helps in a lot of ways. Oh, many mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Pat? So I got a lot of dried fruit on the palate, a little bit of spice, some like redwood notes, and then I'm getting like a sweet plum on the finish. Ooh, plum. Plummy. Very good. Do you, mm. How do you think it went with the Blantons, or did you even try? I did. You it's, did? I, honestly, I don't think Blantons would not go well with anything, to be honest with you. No. I agree. The man has a good well point. A I absolutely agree with that. Dave? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to have to, like, shadow at what everybody else said, because that's totally what I'm getting. Um, you know, Biggs, Plum, um, it's very smooth. The retro hail has been extremely creamy. Um, a little bit of spice in that too. Um, yeah, I'm totally in love with the pairing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yes, That's a personified <laughs> explanation. It's a it's very, mm. very tasty pairing. Mm -hmm. Both Absolutely. have been very, very good. Adam, thank you very much hey, for my the plans yeah, for the cigars for being with thank us you for tonight. Me. Everything. Appreciate this it. Was, this was very great. good. Would you want to come back? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he didn't say not. Not, not, a, not a real <laughs> hard decision. As but... long as you bring Blanton's, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Equal oh, or greater value. Ticket to ride. You know. Do my best. It doesn't have to be Blanton's. Oh, I'll do my best. Yes, it does. <laughs> if you can bring us some George T. Stag next time, that's great. Glenfetic <laughs> <laughs> Tony I thought you guys were friends. <laughs> Well, I mean, if I pay you properly, sure. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm over it. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, next week, we're going to be back with uh, Eric Wentworth of Hammer and Sickle, and we're going to be looking at uh, specifically how two years of aging has impacted their EPH Torpedo, a special story. limited run cigar that uh, honors their founder, Eric Hansen. And uh, for our pipe tobacco, we're also going to be getting back to another classic, the Orlick Golden Sliced. Yes. A blend that in a blind taste, uh, blind tasting from the members of the Twins Pipe Club dubbed that their favorite Virginia mm -hmm. uh, tobacco. And so that's next week's show. 
Thanks for being with us tonight. Hope you had a good time. I know we did, and that's not just blowing smoke, people. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke.